Hey, welcome to Check It Out, Growing Up Degrassi, a new podcast. Degrassi is a Canadian series that has been on the air in one iteration or another since 1979. We are revisiting Degrassi The Next Generation on its 20th anniversary, at a time when Degrassi moments are memes, its actors are doing reunions and Instagram lives, and people are re-watching the series for a hidden nostalgia. We were able to hang out and decompress from the world around us during the pandemic, by revisiting the series and talking about how different things are now, but how similar the issues are, and how well or not so well the show tackled them. And we weren't the only ones. When you're a Degrassi fan, the most unexpected people might disclose to you that they are watching too. It holds such a special place in so many people's hearts because it takes you right back to those moments of adolescence and pop culture. We are going to start delving into the show, starting with the first big episode, talking about the stories and details that have stuck with us. Plus, we'll reconnect with the actors, creators, experts, and fans about what the series meant then and how it feels today. Degrassi's tagline was always, it goes there, and so will we. So grab some poutine and a Molson light and get ready to check it out. Hey, I'm Stefan Doino. I'm Lindsay Miller. We're here celebrating a show that you definitely watched but never had the chance to talk about. And that's what makes podcasts and millennial nostalgia so much fun. We can put on our headphones and travel back 20 years to a simpler time. A simpler time, like getting your first period during the third period. Having chocolate milk thrown in your face right after crimping your hair. Taking ecstasy, then making out with the school recluse and demolishing your entire social circle. Or meeting your soulmate over the internet, which is where it all began the infamous mother-daughter reunion. On October 14th, 2001, we met Emma Nelson, a quirky tween queen we could all relate to. And if you couldn't relate to Emma, there's a good chance you saw a little bit of yourself in Manny, JT, or Toby. Her early aught rider dies. We're so sorry, JT. For Emma, it all starts with a passion for saving the environment, which is ironic because at the end of the day, who's saving Emma? Emma meets Jordan online. He seems so perfect. What could go wrong? They have so many interests in common, like literally hugging trees, like film. Who could forget the classic Mel Gibson animated comedy Chicken Run? I did not. (laughs) But life is full of surprises. What happens when you go to meet your dream boy at a hotel downtown only to find out he's some older guy with a camcorder and frosted tips? You call Nev Schumann? No, because Catfish did not exist yet. Oh, this is perhaps the most iconic episode But before we go there, we wanted to give you some background on who we are and why we care so very much. As I mentioned before, my name is Stefan Doino. I am a television producer, but more importantly, I am a television connoisseur. And Degrassi holds such a special place in my heart. Um... I grew up watching Degrassi on Showtime with my dad. It was Degrassi Junior High, the 80s version of the show. So it was way different. We were dealing with, I mean, heavier topics, and I was probably like three or four years old. (laughs) It was not like, I was not the demo audience for this show about like, you know, teen pregnancy, but also like heroin and like HIV and like all the things that that series had tackled. But because it was something that I would watch on Saturday or Sunday mornings, it it was always like sort of in my mind as something, you know, from my childhood. So, you know, in 2001, when I saw that there was going to be a reboot focused more towards, uh, you know, people our age at the time, which was like 13, seventh grade, um, 
I was immediately drawn to it, and I really, really wanted to check this show out and um, watch something that was, you know, teen-focused. I remember... TV Guide had a magazine at the time, and there was a feature on, you know, what what to watch or what was coming up. And um, unfortunately, I did not have the N, Lindsay. Oh, I didn't, no. I did not have DirecTV at the time. Um, so, you know, I, I had seen all the trailers, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll catch it when I catch it. I remember it was in seventh grade, and I, was, I think my teacher was Mr. Johnson, and I had just <laughs> taken the final uh it was yeah to the uh, it was two yeah 2002 it was the final i had taken a history final and i was playing capture the flag and it was like 90 degrees and i had like heat stroke and i get home <laughs> i get home and i'm like 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 cannot move um so i grab a glass of ice water i go upstairs and my parents were like do you notice anything different we had a satellite dish oh. we had direct tv and like most kids, it would be like, let's go and look at all 800 channels or whatever. For me, it was like, I'm going to the end. So I went to the end and it just happened to be right there in that moment, like the center of a Degrassi episode. This was all maybe pre-TiVo. So I couldn't even rewind. I had to like wait and see when the next episode was on. And it was towards the end of the series. But um, it came in and it, it came on. I, I rewatched it and I just like, I binged. Like it was the end of the, they had a marathon coming up like two weeks later. They had their finale and, and I just like, I got so into this show and it was, I just thought it was so cool and I related to the characters and, um, you know, I started like digging into behind the scenes content and going on the message boards, Degrassi.tv, which Steven gets into and just like looking at what people were we're discussing throughout the season and the things that happened to these characters. And for some reason, it just like so clicked with me and um, yeah. And, and it sort of like brought on this journey of Degrassi. Like I, I ended up going with my younger brother, Justin to Madison square garden to meet uh, Drake and, and Jake Epstein and <laughs> um, watch like an early preview of the show. And then every time we were in Montreal together, my brother and I would, would watch episodes earlier before they would air. Nice. And I would like come back to the States and be like, yeah, like I know what happens to Ashley. She's a goth now. <laughs> um, but it just meant a lot to me because I think it was one of those shows that you could um, watch after school. Or you could watch on a Friday night or if you were feeling bad about yourself or you're going through something, there was always something to relate to. And I, I think that that's, super important everyone kind of looked like me and and was going through similar things so yeah absolutely to bridge this like you and i have been friends for many years and um you know one day we both discovered that we were both watching degrassi and that i was not the only person with this canadian <laughs> this connoisseur of television yeah and it's so funny at the time because uh all of the cable companies were sort of exploding into these many, many channels. And for me, we were on that Verizon track. So whatever was like the precursor, the precursor to today's Verizon Fios cable, mm -hmm. it was that. And, you know, the N was in the 800 somewhere. And it was maybe something that I watched, like, you know, on sick days, the only thing on was um, there was 
young kids programming in the day and then at night it turned into the n and it was teen programming I remember there was like a 20 minute little bird that yeah, would sit like there a little and be transition like, watch out like nick jr's over we're gonna we're, we're going into real t- from toddler like, tv to like teen tv what an appropriate thing to be that age and it's like i don't want to watch the kids stuff anymore like i'm ready for the teen n well thank god because on sick days i had been watching the maury show and uh jerry springer so yeah no shade so today in my career and in my life i am a speech language pathologist and i'm a public school educator um but in my non-professional life i am a huge tv fan um and for a long time degrassi is something that stefan and i have talked about in our friendship yeah um when i first watched it it was sort of a combination of rolling my eyes at the level of drama and then actually seeing myself in the characters and relating to them as friends or like potential crushes and all of that um and it really came at this like key transitional time in our lives because we were the same age as the characters Mm -hmm. so when the show was airing i was figuring myself out and i was kind of getting disaffected with authority and the world around me i mean it also plays into it came out in 2001 2002 so it, it like was a weird time in the world and always when you're in seventh grade or eighth grade like that is a big time for you to to like enter a new phase of development and and become a little like different which yeah i mean it's true and it's not not to be too heavy-handed it was it was 2001 and it was it was very you know a very yeah i've been like waiting for us to bring up (laughs) 9-11 well yeah not but but i mean it was that year i mean we were both in seventh grade it was a very traumatic time it was a very weird time in the world for us to you know we uh, had bar mitzvahs and all these things were going on in these changes but like right in the in the these big, happy times for us, these very weird times in the world, we were in a bubble, but like we were also living so close to the city that it was like you know that was also a time where I remember for the first time in my life I had not been had not I used to travel and visit my grandmother. Every, I mean, I grew up in the city, but like I would when we were living in Scarsdale, I would go every Saturday to visit my grandmother. And I think it was like six months that I had not been in the city, and it was just a completely yeah. So what a weird world. time, and I think that. Um, I was looking into it. The show, I think, hit our airwaves that January or so, like of 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the show went on and as I, you know, kept watching occasionally, I was like budding into a little high school hipster, you know, deciding what to be ironically into and what to actually be into. Yeah. And this show sort of filled both of those niches for me. Um, you know, I was watching it on my own. We didn't have like you know, the revisiting of TV culture. It was just like you caught a marathon when it was, when it was around for yourself alone in your house. (laughs) Um, So I would have genuine reactions to it then, but I was also making fun of it after the fact uh, with Stefan and, you know, with others. In class, like, you know, it was, it was, it was a good talking point. The funny thing is it wasn't so main, it wasn't so mainstream that it wasn't like there were 15 people who were like, oh yeah, I was watching. Every time you'd run into someone who was like, oh my God, I watched that show. You watch it too. Yeah. Um, And, and to go back to like the world being so weird at that time, you know, you always look for like some form of escape and usually that's in film or in television. It's very comforting. And what you and I recently experienced as did the entire universe, you know, during the pandemic was binging a ton of TV, but you and I had been separated for so long and not able to hang out that these like twice, once a week, twice a week, 
ways to sort of binge two or three episodes and really like look back and think about how Degrassi affected us or um, how it holds up to today. And in a lot of ways it does. And in some ways it does not. But but you and I were able to find comfort in nostalgia, which I think is so important. Totally. And other friends of ours were, were just like binging it and watching it. But this was something that it just was sort of like the right time. We really had been forced into a situation where we had time to revisit something. And like, I remember you and I were just finishing sentences of, of things. Yeah. And this is kind of, you know, this is a part of Stefan and I's friendship that, or Stefan and my friendship that, um, it's like, okay, when we get together, like, okay, we have to get through two episodes of something, whatever it is that we're watching at the time. Anything. And it was so great. You know, Degrassi is now on YouTube. The early seasons are right there for us. You guys got to watch it. Yeah. Um, so it being accessible, it being a touchstone of our friendship, um, it was really comforting and funny to, to revisit the show now. It's a, it's a very full circle uh, moment for us. And, you know, you know, not to say that I was obsessed with it back then, but I quite potent, you know, maybe did call, contact uh, CTV and, and uh, want to audition for the role. Yeah, that's and a little teaser. I'm sure we'll get into that. We'll get more. into that another time. Um, you know, Stefan and I, I was we were friends in in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But. I think at that time when we brought up Degrassi, I didn't really know how deep his fandom goes. (laughs) But as we became closer friends and uh, in high school, and even when we were we were both living back in the suburbs, when we were starting our early careers, getting our first jobs, um, it was only then that I was at his house seeing like the DVD collection, seeing the memorabilia, Mm. uh, you know, seeing all of that and how how deep this really is. And I have all of it. And you guys will be able to check out all that nostalgia at, um, on our Instagram, which is at check it out, O-A-T. Um, so we'll be sharing a lot of nostalgia on there. But I think I think what's really cool is we're in a time right now, you know, 20, 2021, where um, shows like Pen15 are, are doing so well and, and people are really visiting these like painful, not painful, you know, like awkward, painful, weird, fun, exciting times of their lives. And, and I think now is the right time to sort of bring this back and, and celebrate a series that, that, you know, holds a special place in our hearts. Absolutely. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll bring you our discussion on the first two-parter, Mother and Child Reunion. So Mother and Child Reunion first aired October 14, 2001, and it's been 20 years, which is just insane. Um, and I remember the first time I watched it, I just like immediately fell in love with the characters. I immediately fell in love with this little crew of like Emma, JT, Toby, Manny. And they were so young and innocent and they just felt like, like people who I would be friends with. Like you could relate to them. They just felt like these normal kids. And, um, yeah, I mean, some of my favorite moments from that episode were just the camaraderie and you could just tell that they really clicked and it it, it was the summer and you know emma clashes with her mom and she's got a computer in her room and she's like you know i'm old enough i'm gonna live my life and she learns a very important lesson that you should not be emailing people you don't know which is a lesson that i've learned recently because people (laughs) now on instagram like to dm you and then you open and you reply and you regret it 
Yeah, well, you know, some of us have that experience, yes. I mean, definitely seeing the computers, one of the big moments in the episode is they they come into the school and, oh my gosh, there's a brand new computer lab. Like, we have computers now in the school. Desktops. Yeah, it's insane. Like, looking at the old school websites, it's just, I don't know, it's really iconic of the time. Um, there are very few websites that still look like that. Every once in a while, you end up on, like, you know, a fact page or, like, Craigslist sort of still looks like this now. Um, yeah, but this, like, tree hugger message board website is uh, pretty alien to today. A lot of a lot of parallels, though, from, from when we were in school. We had a media immersion lab. We oh, absolutely. We did not call it that because... We did not, but, um, and you were in the environmental club. Yes, yes, I was in EcoSavers, our environmental club at Scarsdale High School. And, um, yeah, I mean, I relate a lot to, to Emma's, um, you know, wanting to help, wanting to save, wanting to change. Uh, but, you know, she seems so dorky early on. And, I always hoped that, like, you know, I could still be a cool kid, even though I was into, um, you know, wholesome things at that time. Well, that's, I mean, that's a lot of people on that show are like that. I think Manny was, was very, very, very wholesome. And then it hit season three and she just like, you know, wanted to change up her image and just, it was a complete 180. Um, the people that I related the most to, I think were definitely like, I would say I was a hybrid of, of JT and Toby, you know, there, it was like, Toby was like my more mellow side and just sort of like, "Mm." and, and I think JT was, was more like the class clown or just like the funny guy. And, um, it was just so cool to like come across a show and be like, Oh my God. Like I, I could, I either see myself in these, in these characters or I could be friends with these characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Toby, Toby is like the voice of reason in this episode. He really gets to the bottom of, um, uh, hacking and he hacks into Emma's com- desktop computer. From, yeah, from the first time that he hears about this whole Jordan situation, he is the most skeptical, and yeah, he saves the day, kind of. Toby saves the day. Yeah, I mean they all do. I really respect how these kids. You know, this kind of thing happens. You involve an adult immediately. That would be like if we were writing the show to be like perfectly what you should do as a kid. It's like, stop right now. Get everybody involved. Like, what is happening? Well, you you know, now, I mean, the thing is, back then, they, did, they didn't have, uh, we were just getting cell phones, I remember, in seventh yeah. grade at that time. And so, in the show, they did not all have cell phones yet and uh was that like the nokia was like the first major cell phone which is actually in the um yeah in the opening in the opening sequence which is awesome and um but they didn't have it they couldn't call their parents because their parents were all being selfish at their 10-year reunion well i was going to say that these kids even though like they maybe don't do the textbook right thing to do they are so genuine and they're so good-hearted and they have the right instincts of like something is off Let's find out more. Let's we're, intervene. We're going to save our friend. Yeah. Um, and they all just, and then they save the day. Thank God, because we have many, many more seasons to analyze. Um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the the background things in this episode, you know, are things that 
that stood out to us. And there's something that I want to track as we go through the episodes. There's an amazing poster in the bathroom. Do you remember this poster that says, the pill is not enough? The pill is not enough, guys. Um, Can you, like, living and growing up in the United States, I cannot relate to that sign being in a middle school bathroom. Do you think it would be more in the library? (laughs) You know, it really looks like one of those library posters that's like, read or giving a positive message. Yeah, it does. And, uh, I mean, it is a positive message, but how crazy, like, the difference, that's one of the culture clashes between Canada and the U.S. And the irony is that Manny never saw that poster until season I know. three. Well, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get into we'll that later. We'll get into that later <laughs> on, but, I mean, there are so many little things that you catch in these, in, in these episodes that are like, oh my god, this was in my middle school, or this was, you know, in the library, or just, you know, it's just like a, a real a, a real trip. Do you relate at all to the uh, the parents, like the previous generation in this episode? Because we are supposed to be, you know, around their age now. Oh, boy. No. Yeah. I do not. I do not. I think, well, Spike had her kid very early on, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like a younger, but I still think of her in my mind as being like older than, than me. She would technically be, if Manny is if I mean, Anna's if it's her 13. 10-year high school reunion, they're 28. But they're sort of living a different life. Caitlin is like mid-career. Mid-career. And uh, Joey is having a car dealership. Yeah. Single dad. And some of this is a function of like the earlier iteration of the show. Yeah. But it's just so funny. Like even now, I think we relate to the people whose age we were at that time. I do. I do have to say, yeah, I do. I do look at that. And it could also just be actors who who look older than we do now, uh, (laughs) something in the water. But it's amazing because they really, um, I didn't relate to the adults as much. Or I can't look at the show now and and relate necessarily to like Mr. Simpson, who's probably around our age, you know, teaching, teaching a bunch of teenagers. Um, They all just seemed so adult. And the kids to us just, I I still relate to the kids. And I think it's just probably because we grew up with them. Yeah. Oh, um, one thing that Emma says during the episode that I've heard you say many times, Uh sometimes. I say it all the time every time I send an email. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. We're really excited to have everyone join in and and get involved. And remember, sometimes you just got to go for it. In the next episode, we'll have someone responsible for bringing this story to our screens. That's right. Executive producer Stephen Stone will be with us to talk about the episode, this cult series, and sharing some details and unknown facts from the pilot. We hope you'll be joining us next week to check check it out. out.